welcome to Insurance Tomorrow, a podcast brought to you by Alliance Insurance with me, Steph McGovern. Now, this is the series where we look at what's happening in the world and how it might impact the insurance industry. There are plenty of episodes to listen to already. We cover everything from underinsurance, sustainability and open finance to the impact of supply chains. You can get all of them online. Now, it's not been an easy time for business owners over the last few years. Brexit and the pandemic, together with the more recent cost of living crisis with high inflation and energy prices, have left SMEs particularly apprehensive about the implications. So in this episode, we're going to look at how to help businesses stay resilient during such unpredictable times. Now, business resilience covers a broad range of areas. You've got everything from financial, operational, technological, organisational and reputational resilience. So there is a lot to think about. But with me, we've got some fantastic experts to discuss all this. Stuart Dawes, who's Head of Loss Control Engineering at Alliance, and Tina McKenzie, Chair of UK Policy at the Federation of Small Businesses. Thank you both for joining me. Um, I want to start with a pretty big question for you. What do we mean by business resilience, Stuart? By business resilience, we mean businesses' ability to adapt to the changing environment around them, um, but also to recover. So if there were to be a fire or an incident or a significant change, it's how they can bounce back. So you know, businesses are insured for fire, theft, that sort of thing. But a lot of businesses don't survive following an insurance claim, a very significant insurance claim, because they're not resilient enough to bounce back. And and Tina, what are you hearing from your members and from the industry you work in yourself as a business owner about the ability to have that resilience at the moment? We've heard a lot of really difficult stories from our members where people are really struggling, especially post-COVID, where they took out a lot of debt to get through the COVID period and now they're having to pay that back. And the statistics that we've just had out recently show that small businesses, they don't, a lot of them don't even have three months cash reserves. So if something hits the business, there's not a lot of cash out there in the small business community. But layer on top of that, all of the uncertainty step, you know, around Mm -hmm. energy prices, what's going on in the global economy, never mind our economy. So there's so much going on. And small businesses, they're focused on running their businesses. They don't have big HR teams, big intelligence teams. You know, it's very difficult for them to keep on top of all that's going on in the markets. And then trying to manage your business with all of these, the taxes that they're having to pay, not being fully aware sometimes of the reliefs that are out there. And then energy being a big problem. Labour is also a big problem. Mm. Um, But there are opportunities. It's not all doom and gloom. It's maybe sometimes in some areas there's opportunities in these times, even though many, many businesses are really struggling and finding it difficult. It's not as bad as what it may Mm. appear to be. And it's interesting, Stuart, because, you know, there's always unpredictability, isn't there? Yeah, absolutely. It's, as Tina says there, there is opportunity here as well. You know, adversity breeds opportunity and and resilience. And so we are seeing businesses having to cut back and they're looking at cost-saving opportunities. But we're also seeing businesses bring forward investment, which they might not otherwise have done if these challenges hadn't come along. And I guess the other thing as well, when you're in times where things are tough, you know, like we saw this in the pandemic, you suddenly everyone was having to work from home. Businesses had to pivot, but actually learn an awful lot from pivoting, which has stayed in the business and helped them in the longer term, Tina. 
Yeah, so many small businesses went online for the first time. And so now they have that way of working that it's just now it's something that they will do and continue to do. Also, so many bosses like me included, for the first time had to get our heads around our staff working at home, trusting them to do it. And most of us were absolutely shocked at the level of productivity we got. Because without that seismic thing of COVID happening, I don't think we ever would have got there really believing and seeing that our businesses could be more productive. So some good things came out of it. Also, some people diversified. So where they were maybe running a cafe, then they started to do deliveries. And so there's lots of things happened that were actually good opportunities. And great examples of resilience as well. So um, Stuart, can I ask you, how do you make yourself more resilient? And I imagine this is something that's going to have to be broken down into different areas because there are so many ways you can look at making your business more resilient, whether it's staff, whether it's technology, machinery. Okay, so it's the eyes wide open approach. You need to understand um, what it is you're uh, doing and how that's going to impact on your business. So if you're going to make changes, risk assessment is the uh, phrase. And what you do with a risk assessment is a methodical look. You break the process down or you break the chains down to understand who it's going to impact, what the hazards are, how you might then mitigate against those hazards, either reduce them or eliminate them entirely, and then regularly reviewing what you're doing. The review is so important because things do change. So you need to ensure that you're on top of that. You know, it's very fast moving when we've got, you know, the amount of change that Tina's referred to. So it's important to stay on top of those risk assessments. I mean, Tina, it can sound quite intimidating, can't it? Especially if you're a small business, like risk assessing every element can sound like scary. Some of the language actually in itself, it can scare people. And actually, it's just common sense. If you think about your own home, for example, if you were to think about there was a fire at your house, What are the things that are the most important things that you need to get out, which are obviously yourself, your children and anybody that's in there. But is there anything else if you knew before your house was going up in flames? What are the things that are absolutely essential? Might be sentimental. It might be your cash. It might be your your bank book. Could be your passport. What are the things in your business if something happened that is absolutely essential to your business. As businesses grow, I often think that businesses often need a haircut anyway. There is so much that happens in your business that actually we find that when crisis happens, they're non-essential things. So it's just remembering that when you started your business, you probably were doing a lot less and it was a lot less complicated than it is today. So should should something happen to your business? What are the things that you need to protect? Where will you go? What's your backup premises? What's your backup equipment? And also, if you've never done a business continuity plan or a risk assessment, there's lots of people that will help you with it without ever paying a penny. Some of your insurers can help, but there's business organizations. If you're a member of the FSB, for example, they can help you. But also your networks, your peer groups. Anyone that's kind of in a similar business to you, you can just reach out and ask for some help and say, have you done one of these before? Even online, if you Google it, you'll find templates online Mm. of how to build a business continuity plan. This is something that you don't just do once, whack in a file and go, right, that's sorted. It's something, Stuart, you're constantly coming back to. How often do you think this needs to be looked at, reassessed? You would put a, a notional review date in of probably 12 months. However, there might be legislative changes, there might be changes in machinery or working practices that would require you to review as and when 
there's a significant change to an activity within the business, that's when the risk assessment should be reviewed. We were talking earlier about working from home because of COVID, so employers would have had to do risk assessments. Are their home working environments suitable? You know, craft bakers moving out of a business to use their domestic cooker isn't entirely suitable. What we've also seen, though, um, because of the cost of living crisis, is the impact on employees. We've actually seen employees going back into the workplace because it's free heat. You know, we've also seen them going in early to use the showers or to use the catering facilities. Again, it's had another impact on the business. And these might be areas of the business that have been mothballed. Parts of buildings might have been shut down. So we're seeing that reverse. So it's not just impacting the employer, it's impacting the employee as well. And they are adapting to this change, uh, which will have impacts on the employer. And when I was doing one of my first business continuity plans, which I have to say, I've only done the last five years. And we absolutely have to pay people every week. If you do not do the payroll and don't pay the people that work for us, then they'll go and work for someone else. And I remember getting in a bit of a panic about the fact that if the IT goes down, then we were going to be in big trouble. And I and I remember there, there was a an attack on one of our systems and we thought that was it. And I hadn't thought of the simplest thing. And it was someone else who's in a similar business said to me, well, you know what you can do? You know, you can just ring your bank and just say to your bank, run exactly the same payroll that you did last week. And it is the simplest, easiest thing. So I think getting to the nub of what is the key thing you do? What is the biggest risk? And where is the backup plan? And it can just make you feel so much more relaxed about the threats that can come along. Yeah, because there are so many other things to be worrying about as well, aren't they? Just the day-to-day running of the business. There will be concerns though, Stuart, about the cost of this. Obviously time, but also the money that needs to be spent on making you resilient. I think that's more of a perception than an actual reality. You know, this is just good business practice. These are things that uh, businesses should be doing anyway. They should have business continuity. And a business continuity plan for a five-person business will be significantly different to, uh, you know, a multinational. It could simply be an A4 sheet of paper with, well, who am I going to ring first? In the event of fire, who am I going to ring first? Who are my suppliers? Who are my customers? What is the first thing I'm going to do? And the risk assessments, the business are the best people to know what goes on and what are the risks associated with the business. There's multiple templates available. You can download from the HSE and website. So it probably sounds more daunting, but it is just good business practice. Have you found, Tina, that businesses have used that as an excuse, though, I've said, you know, we haven't got the money to spend on doing all these backup plans? You know, more more I hear people saying, well, I just don't have the time to sit there at a desk and write a whole business continuity plan. And, And actually, in fact, you must take the time. It is your responsibility as a business owner or a director of a business to sit down and actually make the time and pull in the people from your team that can help you with it, because they'll have answers that you don't have. Because first of all, it helps you sleep better in your bed at night knowing that you can't plan for every eventuality and in all my continuity plans I never had an epidemic on there that's for sure so there will be things that happen that you've never thought about before yeah Stuart what can brokers do to help as well Brokers play a very key part here. Um, Many small businesses use a broker, talking about access to expertise. They can help with risk assessments. They can help with training. Importantly, they can help a business understand what insurance coverage is they need at the setup, uh, but also when things change. So if a business is looking to do extended hours, because an idle machine isn't making any money. Now, some of those machines, they might 
want to run unattended. Running a machine unattended introduces all sorts of hazards to a business. You know, if something goes wrong and nobody's there to turn the thing off, not good. So any changes like that, they should be speaking to their broker. One, to understand uh, that they are still adequately covered, but also that they're not in breach of any conditions that might be on the policy. But also it gives them early access to risk management advice, whether that's from the broker themselves or from the insurance company that the broker has access to. And it's not about stopping businesses from making Making these changes, but it's helping them do it in a safe way. And all of this is key to make sure you're not underinsured. But also remaining appropriately insured. You don't want to be overinsured either. Um, do you think, Tina, this sits comfortably with sustainability, which is obviously what you know the key thing is now for businesses is to be sustainable. Do they come hand in hand, being resilient and being sustainable? I think the key thing right now is survivability. I know the small business community from all of our surveys, most of them are worried about cash reserves and they're worried about getting through the next six to 12 months with the energy prices. So sustainability, it used to be something I heard people talk about more. What I, what I would often talk to people about is, you know, a business is not a hobby. A business is there to give a return and have an impact and solve a problem and demand supply. And so what I would often say to people is, you know, we have the green agenda, which is a slightly different thing when we're talking about sustainability. But when we're talking about longevity of a business, it's that if a business isn't working, if the numbers don't stack up, and if there's no other way than to continually pump cash into it, yet you've no plan to turn it around, then one of the bravest and smartest things to do is sometimes to close a business. So, you know, when you're talking about all of these things that are happening, it's also very important that business owners realize, yes, they have a responsibility to themselves, their families and their staff, but not to the point that they completely bankrupt themselves. We've seen so many people with such bad mental health issues coming out now just trying to survive. Just to wrap things up then, can I just get a kind of summary in a sense of what do you want people to take away from this in terms of resilience? Something they can go away and think or do now based on what you've said. Stuart, do you want to go first? There's three things to consider and we've spoken about all of them through this, but they need to be speaking to their broker because they need to understand that they've got the right cover in place. It gives them early access to risk management advice and expertise that they might not otherwise have got to and also that they are remaining compliant with their policy. Second to that is the risk assessment. Don't be afraid of the word. It's quite a simple exercise once you apply your mind to it. Your first one is always the most difficult, but after that, doing a risk assessment, it gets recorded what you've done, what training you've put in place, how you are protecting people. It's a defensibility thing as well. When things do go wrong, you can demonstrate that you have done the right thing to avoid those. And thirdly, you know, look at the opportunity. This isn't all doom and gloom. There is opportunity out there. Change comes along, change and adversity as said, it breeds opportunity and it makes businesses more resilient. So look at the opportunities that are presented to the business. Tina, what do you want people to take away from this? I really like ending on that, that there's positive, there's plenty of opportunity. And, you know, when you look at your market, think about the market spend. So, you know, if you're in retail in a particular city or town across the United Kingdom, think about how much is spent on that high street every year and what slice of that. You only need a tiny little slice of that in terms of your turnover. So there, if you're selling the wrong things, you can change. There's always opportunity and other markets are attacking your market in a different way. But I won't repeat what Stuart has said because he said it so well. But what I will say is that the most important thing to a business is you, is the people that are in it. And if you're not resilient in yourself and you're not taking care of you, there's no point in having all these business continuity plans 
for a business if you haven't first of all looked after you. This has been the toughest time that most businesses have seen. We have more instability and more uncertainty than I know I've ever seen. And I've heard it from people that are 20, 30 years older than me. So don't give yourself too hard of a time. Carve out some time, some thinking time. Carve out time away from your business, even that, though I know that's really tough right now. And remember, this starts with a very simple pen and piece of paper. What are the top three things that might could happen to my business? And what would I do if they did? And then talk to other people about it. It's as simple as that. It does not have to be anything too complex. I think that brings us to the end of the podcast. So thank you so much to Stuart Dawes from Alliance and Tina McKenzie from the Federation of Small Businesses. Please do subscribe to the series through your podcast app and then you will never miss an episode. Also, it would be great if you could leave us a review too, and that helps other people find the podcast as well. Thanks so much for listening. That's it from me, Steph McGovern, and Alliance Insurance. Bye-bye.